Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. All right, you guys are live. I knew you were going to do that. What's up, you guys? <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com. Okay, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta explain that for the audio. Why do I get that's that you completely like? There's a subtlety to this. I don't care. Now I'm telling you, you gotta explain it to the audio listeners because they can't see you. They can't. That is my verification for Reddit. I had to eat a banana. That's right. A Reddit user. I went over on Reddit. Apparently, yes, you did. Yes, you did. There we go. Over on Reddit. Yep. Thank you to those guys for the kind words. Really appreciate it. It's the listen, you boy. That's Jimmy Van. You hear? This is going to be an abbreviated show because right after this, I'm going to attempt to do a live stream of the Triple H NXT media conference call. I don't think anybody else is doing it. So stay locked to Fightful.com. And at roughly four, uh, I will go live on there. Or uh, right before the conference call, I will go live. So keep your eye on that, guys. So before we get into the meat of the show here, I want to first do an apology. I want to issue an apology. And I'm issuing an apology to someone that has never listened to this, and they're not going to hear the apology, but I feel the need to do it. I'm apologizing to Stipe Miocic. You should. Because I like kind of poked fun at him. He's the UFC heavyweight champion. I poked fun at him. I said he's going to get knocked out by a guy named Francis Naganu. Uh, and I really believed he was going to get knocked out by Francis Naganu, and he ended up schooling Francis Naganu and won an easy five-round decision. Uh, and good on him. And as I watched the fight, I was like, man, I gotta. I almost feel the need to apologize, even though he doesn't know who I am. He never heard the podcast. He'll never hear the apology. <laughs> so I did. So I wanted to do that. 
And then I want to give a shout out to De- Denny Burkholder. Yeah. Something happened on Monday that kind of overshadowed his uh, piece. Um, but he did a great piece for uh, Fightful.com about Celeste Bonin, who people will recognize as Caitlin from WWE, about her making a comeback. Uh, you think she's going to be in the Royal Rumble, Sean, which is possible. It's, it's, it's a guess. It's a guess. Right, right. So good on him for that. But because this is an abbreviated show, we got to get right to the meat of this thing. I'm going to get a little political, Nigel. Nigel's oh back boy. this week. He's back. Well, it was a nice run while it lasted. <laughs> I'm going to get a little political, and I might piss some people wait, off. Wait, wait, wait. I, I want to say, did you see my Trig Tent plug on the Monday Night Raw show? I did not. I haven't seen the Monday or, Night Raw show. Or the SmackDown show. No. So did you see on Raw 25 what they did to Scott Hall's entrance? Yes, I did. So I had Alex, or I think it was Anna, uh, one of them, talk about Scott Hall's entrance, and then I interrupted them with a Trig Tent commercial Right as soon as they started. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was a bummer. I mean, obviously, they were short on time and had to get that commercial break in. But uh, poor guy. He was just getting into the razor, you know, the surf thing that he does. He was just getting into that, and they cut to commercial break. What was he doing with that Elvis TNA Wolfpack jacket? Yeah. I feel like now. he's worn it before. Yeah, I feel like he's worn it before. He has. Yeah. He has I think in TNA he did. Oh, yeah. It was so ugly. Yeah, and he should, never, uh, he should never be clean shaven ever again. Scott Hall, don't ever be clean shaven ever again. Because it's not you, you know. I realize he probably doesn't want like white peach fuzz, but uh, it's not you, man. You know, it looks like you bleach your eyebrows or you darken your eyebrows. Just do the same with the facial hair, you know. My God. So I'm just, you know, I'm an honest guy, and so I'm gonna get a little political, and it might it might uh, piss off some people, but you know, I don't really care about that stuff, Sean. You know, people get a, get mad at me. Uh, it's part of, part for the course, Nigel. So yeah, right. sure. Well, I mean, you've got enough money that you don't have to worry about it. But uh. some of us, <laughs> some of us over here are happy to have their phone bill paid by Fightful. You know what I mean? Which I said I'm going to do for you now. You did. So well, uh, I mean, based on based and, and, and to you, I said, well, maybe my part because we've got a bundle deal. Right. So uh, we're going to talk about Enzo Amore, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to say the very basics of it. You can add in whatever the latest is that you've heard. I'm just going to say the very basics. Sure. If you want to give commentary about you know, lack of credit, do whatever you want, but I'm going to mm-hmm. just do the basics. So on Monday, uh, a woman uh, whose name is Philomena, her Twitter handle is Miss Gucci Witch, posted a series of tweets on uh, a series Twits. of tweets. Yeah, tweets. A series, <laughs> although they are a group of... Cl- of, of this, uh, this entire situation is a group of Like twits. I said, yeah. So she posted a series of tweets where she accused Enzo Amore of raping her last October in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, you were able to confirm that Enzo was in Phoenix at that time. And uh, the Phoenix Police Department, according to Philomena, uh, a police report had been filed. So on Monday, when this story first kind of made the news, and Sean was the one that kind of broke it and did a lot of the, the research, and we got a lot of cre- Feifel really got a lot of play over it, uh, WWE suspended Enzo. On Monday, uh, today we're doing this on the 24th, so that would have been the 22nd, and their statement was, WWE has zero tolerance for matters involving sexual harassment or sexual assault. Until this matter is resolved, Eric Arndt, a.k.a. Enzo Amore, has been suspended. Then on Tuesday, which would be yesterday, the 23rd, they released him, and it was a very simple statement. WWE has come to terms on the release of Eric Arndt, Enzo Amore. Um, Sean, as part of the, 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 the journalistic thing you do, Sean... You uh, found out that he was fired not because of the assault allegation, but because he didn't inform WWE that there was an ongoing police investigation. He apparently knew about it right since October, didn't tell them, they were pissed, apparently that violated the morals clause in his contract, uh, and he was let go. Uh, Well, I don't know know if he knew about it since October, but he knew about it before they did. Right, 
Right, right. Before it became news on Monday. Right. Yeah. So here's where I'm going to uh, get a little political for a minute. Um, oh, boy. So on Monday when this first broke, and, and it first broke, how did you find out about it? Do you, like, follow Enzo and then you saw her tweet? Is that how? Uh, it, I'm telling you, man. As If you could see my inbox right now, like, just the number of people who sent me the follow-up video from the dude, which we'll talk about later, it's since I posted the article with – like, I talked to that guy. Mm. Since then, I've still had at least 40 people message me the video. So at the very least, I'll get an email or I'll get a text or I'll get, like, a message or something like that about it. But, uh, yeah, somebody passed that along and um, I you're, you were the down. first. Like, you were the first. Like, yeah. I know after you, and Sheet came along and TMZ picked it up and Meltzer picked it up. But you were the first. And I know Meltzer said and Sheet broke it, but they didn't. It was you. Yeah. So I and and it's funny because I was joking with a with a buddy today about does Sean follow Philomena? Like how the hell did he? Uh, I'll just say this: No, she was very kind to me when I spoke <laughs> to her, but no, I do not. Um, well, I'm I'm very much I try my to like when I follow people on Twitter, I try to stay plugged into a little bit about everything. I try to follow people, like from all eras that I can that are going to have their finger on the pulse of this stuff. And I do have correspondence and things like that. Right. Uh, Philomena was very easy to get in touch with. Uh, probably got back to me within 30 minutes and immediately called her, discussed, had uh, several follow-up questions for her. Right. Because, you know, as I publish what she said, yeah, I got a bunch of follow-up questions from readers and myself. So she answered those all very quickly and submitted links to mm -hmm. me and, things like that, I immediately reached out to WWE. I later found out that when I reached out to WWE, that was the first time WWE heard about this situation. Right. right. So they were And it was on that. Raw 25 Monday. Yes, livid about right. it. Right. Oh, they he would be. There. He right. was there. Right, he was there. I heard we're in, a, we're in a t shirt of his own production. Well, I think he said it said like yeah, best day of my life or something like that. Conrad Thompson tweeted it. Yeah, but, but he's he's apparently he was apparently peddling his own T-shirt, non WWE T-shirt, like a fucking moron on Twitter. Uh, we'll go into that uh, in a minute because this we were talking off air about how this thing is just a a collection of stupid twats, like the whole thing, everybody involved, including the police department. Uh, oh yeah. So I want to say this. So the whole hashtag Me Too movement and the whole hashtag Times Up movement. Uh, I'm very irritated by these movements, and I'm going to tell you why. And on Monday when Sean hit me up and said, you know, I heard about this thing about Enzo. Don't know if I should cover it or not. And I, I told Sean at first, let it, leave it alone for a while uh, because of what's happening with these movements. That's why I wanted him to leave it alone for a little while. But you, to your credit, you did it the right way. You only covered the facts. You didn't paint a picture of Enzo one way or the other. You didn't paint a picture of Philomena one way or the other. You just told the facts, and that was all if you, you If you saw my tweets, you would think that I painted both people fairly and unfairly. And, and this is one of the reasons why I'm irritated by these movements. Uh, and I felt the need to talk about it because I just felt the need to talk about it. It's a wrestling podcast, but I don't give a shit. I'm going to talk a wrestling, about it. It's a wrestling situation. It's related. Well, I guess. So <laughs> I feel the need to talk about it, and I've got the trig tent guy in the room, and I know you're going to agree with me on this. So when these movements started, this whole Me Too and Time's Up movement, I know that they had genuine intentions. It started with the Harvey Weinstein case. That was the catalyst, right? And I know that there were genuine intentions. And the women that came out and accused Harvey Weinstein, they had no motive. They had no agenda. A lot of them were already established actresses, already rich and famous, 
They don't need the attention. They don't need the publicity. They did it because he did something wrong and he had to pay for it. The problem is, is that a lot of the women that came forward for the Harvey Weinstein case, even though, again, I think that they were genuine and truthful, they were either ex-actresses or they were low-level actresses that never really made it. And all of a sudden, they were getting media attention. Their name was in the news. They're getting interview requests. And what happened was a lot of other women saw that. And a lot of other women saw the attention that they're getting. And my name's in the news. And I've got CBS hitting me up for interviews and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of other women started accusing other men and telling half-truth because they wanted that attention because they had an agenda right? Either they had sour grapes because maybe they got dumped by the man or something, or they wanted that attention. And suddenly stories were coming forward where once the investigation played out, it came out that they weren't telling the truth and that they actually had consensual relations. Uh, And that's why I'm very irritated by this. The other thing that irritates me about this stuff is that as guys were getting accused, and don't get me wrong, I'm not defending the guys because a lot of them were, were guilty, I'm just saying that a lot of the accusers had an agenda, and after investigations played out, it turned out that they weren't telling the truth. But the other thing that irritated me is that as guys were getting accused, they were labeled guilty immediately, right? There was no judge, there was no jury, there was no investigation. If the woman said you did it, you did it, and you're guilty. And there are people posting on social media, he should be uh, fired from his TV show, he should be uh, pulled from his movie, with no proof, no investigation. If the woman said it, it's got to be true. That's the thing that pisses me off. And then the issue with the Zenzo story, which was, I think, very telling, and the reason that we, we, we weren't going to do it at first is because there were Enzo fans and wrestling fans that immediately labeled her as a liar and, pardon mm-hmm. my language, but they were calling her a liar and a whore. Then people that, you know, maybe they're, they're pro-movement or whatever were immediately calling him guilty and saying he should be fired by WWE. And this is before anything came out, any investigation, any proof, any anything. Uh, and you know what it is again, man? It, genuine intentions are offset by human nature because human nature is I'm going to try to capitalize and I'm going to try to profit somehow and I have my own agenda. And that's what happens in these situations. So when the Enzo thing came up, that's why I told you you got to be smart about how you do it because there's going to be Enzo fans that say she's a liar and there's going to be, I'm not going to use the word feminist, but there's going to be pro-movement people that are going to say, oh, he's clearly guilty and he should clearly be fired. Oh, I've already gotten my first death threat over this story. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened, right? Yeah. Like there were, there, and, and again, well, the investigation hasn't been finalized yet. We have Enzo saying I'm innocent and I didn't do it. And we've got Philomena saying he did it. And all the Enzo fans are calling her a liar and a whore. Like, that's verbatim what they're saying. Wow. And all of the pro-movement people are saying, oh, he deserved to be fired because he did it and he's a rapist. They don't know anything, these people. There's no proof yet. It's really gross, some of the stuff that I've seen, man. And, you know, I wish I would have covered the Michael Elgin Elgin situation a little bit better than than we did. But, you know, I, I wasn't nearly as plugged into that situation as I am now. And I feel really bad for women who have maybe done things that are seen as promiscuous mm. and then get raped, whether this woman got raped or not. Right. I'm seeing on there people saying, well, she sells Snapchat nudes. She's a fucking whore. Right. She didn't get raped. Right. And as I, I treated I was like, that doesn't create some sort of impenetrable badge shield that keeps <laughs> you from getting raped. Yeah. Or else women would be selling their fucking nudes all the time to keep from it happening. Yeah. Yep. Also, Enzo questionable friends choice of friends i've spoken to numerous people backstage at wwe that said we have all warned him stay the fuck away from people like that yeah don't put yourself in that position yep 
here's the thing. It all ultimately boils down to this. And this was the one thing I heard from everybody I talked to in WWE. He tries to live the gimmick. Mm. He buy, and more than that, he buys into the gimmick. He's right. working himself into a shoot. That's exactly what happened. Whether this happened or not, the man worked himself into a shoot. Yeah. And it, for better or for worse. And like I said, people keep asking me, what do you think happened? I don't know. And it's not my job to decide. It yeah. is a court's job to decide. It is the police, police department's investigation. Yeah. job to decide. And um, I said last night, if I had my choice, I would choose that this was all fabrication. Yeah. Not because I want her to get in trouble, but because I would very much like for a woman to not have been raped in this situation. And I would like for someone to not be a rapist in the situation. Uh, stupid kids do stupid things. Yep. And I hope that's what it boils down to for the sake of everybody's lives involved. Uh, do I think that that happened? I don't know. Yep, I don't it. have and, any and just, idea. Just because she does nude photos on Snapchat doesn't mean she can't be raped. Doesn't mean a damn right? thing. She could and, very easily have been raped. And at the and, same time, yeah. at the same time, just because Enzo lives the gimmick doesn't mean that she wanted to. That doesn't mean that she didn't want exactly. to be with him. Right, yeah. and, and we've heard a few things about how, oh, she was happy that her name was on TMZ and all that kind of stuff. We've heard different things like that. But again, until all the facts come out, you can't play it one way or the other. And so th that's why, again, I get irritated by these movements because it seems immediately, it seems every week a new one comes out, a new accusation. And it seems whenever a new one comes out, immediately the guy's labeled guilty, like right away. It's, it's conviction guilty. one way or another. It's conviction for the accuser and the accused. And I right. hate that. I agree. I hate that because... As of right now, like she hasn't filed a civil suit or anything, yeah. so there are no winners involved. Like, until she files a civil suit or something, there's no money coming her way. Now maybe she will. I don't know. I don't have any idea if she did it. And let me tell you guys, for all the people that are tweeting me saying he's guilty, he's not guilty, she's guilty, she's not guilty. Mm -hmm. With the amount of time I put into this, if I don't know, I'm pretty sure you don't know at this point. <laughs> and if right now the police department doesn't know pretty sure they also don't know. Yeah, and I, I think WWE was justified for their reasoning for letting him go because he was already on thin ice, and if he knew an investigation was happening but chose not to say anything, it was a stupid thing to do. Uh, a lot of people have questioned her timing. You know, did she tweet this on Monday because Raw 25 was getting so much attention? But again, I'm not going to pass judgment. Yeah, but I'm not going to pass judgment, and I'm not going to say she's a liar, and I'm not going to say he's, he's a rapist because until everything comes out, you're not going to know one way or the other, right? So. In regards to that, I will say that I don't think she even knew because she, when she spoke to me, she was a fan of the girl involved in the situation, the, the too poor, the, the blogger. Right. When she was talking to me, she was like, do you know who Enzo is type of thing? Like, do you know who that guy is? Right. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm a wrestling journalist. And <laughs> yeah. She was like, hey, can you send me any articles that are written about me? And I said, I don't have the time in the day yeah. to accomplish that. I she didn't like, need to see that either because she's, yeah, what is she, like oh, a 22-year-old no. kid, right? She's 18, 18 okay, or 19. 18, and, and there were so many people lambasting her, man. Like, like, she doesn't need to read that stuff, man, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, man, I didn't even, I don't think I've looked at the comments on the Enzo article yet, and I don't want to, and, yeah. you know, I, if I could mute the responses on Twitter, I would, but I mean, you know, that's, I got, I have to be there for some of that. Like I can't just abandon all that, but there's the old journalist thing. Don't read the comments. Yeah. I like reading the comments. I like engaging with our audience because it's very important. Yeah. Also these days, you never know who your next source will be. Like I, yeah, I yeah. have had people that pop up and told me who hall of fame inductees were going to be last year. Like I said, because Ricky Morton was spouting his mouth off 
at a general store. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's... It's weird, man. Like, like I said yesterday, I was just happy to take a break before SmackDown until some wrestler took a dump out of a moving vehicle or something. <laughs> it's just too bad, again, that, you know, the combination of social media and human nature had to take something that I think had genuine intentions and turn it into a agenda, you know, motivated situation. Yeah. But that's what it was. So we'll see what happens. Too bad for Enzo. I mean, you and I were talking off the air. Uh, if he did do this, and we don't know how long he's known that there was a police investigation going on, but if he did it, then he deserves what he's getting because that guy, especially going back to October, he was on fire in WWE. Oh, yeah. Like, he was on fire, and now he was a cruiserweight champion. He was headlining his own brand, essentially. And for him to fuck that up, if he if he did did as he's been accused, it's shameful. But he deserves, man. He deserves. Hey, am I wrong in assuming that Carmella's going to be the biggest star in that trio now? She currently is. Yeah. Matter because, of fact, I mean, she has been over the last couple months. Yeah. You know. Uh, ever since they they stopped putting Enzo in the main Raw segment, I would I would say so. And she's barely been on the show. Right. Yeah. So. It's too bad. It's too bad, but hey. we'll see what we'll see what comes of it. But again, I don't I don't want to pass judgment and label him a rapist and label her a liar. We'll yeah. wait, we'll wait and see uh, what comes of the investigation. Shout out to one of our fightful viewers and readers who I'm not able to name. What a gift! You told me what about the, that's pretty good. I was given a 12 month Rusev Day calendar that they created, and I'll just open this up. And every day is Rusev Day. That's pretty awesome. It is That's pretty awesome. Fantastic. Oh, Good for shit. him. Good for him, man. You should How look up his. He not put one of those out yet. You mean he made that? That's not real. Yes, he made that. It's he not made a... that. Yes, it's. He... You have to like take a little video and send that to Rusev. Oh, of course. Because that's amazing, and I thought that was a real WWE product. Oh, it's it very well could be. But he they made sh- that. I wish that he could uh, could uh, contact. Put it, get in contact with WWE, but I'm sure he'd probably get sued. People would buy that shit, man. Of course they would. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can you do I'm me a favor? Stoked. Look up look up when Russo's birthday is, and then look up that day on the calendar it's, and see if you did anything special. It's Christmas, just so you know. For real? Yeah. His birthday is on Christmas. Did they do anything special on Christmas? Or just another Russo's Yes, day? yes, he did. Oh, he did? Uh, it, it is Rusev Day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, one other thing I want to talk about in terms of Enzo, so uh, it begs the question, what does this mean for the Cruiserweight title? And last night on 205 Live, now Enzo was scheduled to defend the title at the Rumble against Cedric Alexander. Last night on 205 Live, uh, Daniel Bryan addressed it by saying that Enzo, and these were the words he used, Enzo had abdicated the title and would no longer be part of 205 Live. He said there's going to be a new GM, uh, GM name next week, and the first order of business will be to address the title situation. Who do you think the GM's going to be? Do you think it's going to be a former cruiserweight wrestler, cruiserweight champion? Uh, first off, I love that they use the term abdicated. <laughs> I, I'm Okay, so there's, they've got a lot of options here. It's just a matter if they'll go forth with them. Is Jimmy Noble and, still with the company? I don't know. If he, is, to... if he is, there's an option right there. Jimmy Noble. Shane Helms, former Fightful podcaster, throwing his name in the ring, and he's a cruiserweight champion a little bit of everywhere. But there you go. Not only that, they just signed Ricochet. They've got Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, who they do nothing with. Yeah, but they won't use those guys. It'll it'll oh, be yeah. it'll be a former WWE star. Probably. Oh yeah. Well, I meant like for the cruiserweight title. Sorry. Oh, for the cruiserweight title. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. could, but I mean, those aforementioned names. I would. What I would do. 
I would use this opportunity to quickly book another Cruiserweight Classic that runs on 205 Live. Do that. Bring in Kota Ibushi. He's always open to doing single dates. Bring in Shane Helms. He can still work. Mm. Uh, bring in Ray Mysterio, maybe. That's a way to get some pop, some buzz on there. He's expensive. Use the, U- use the UK guys. Use Hideo Itami. Even if you want to increase the value of this, have Finn Balor say, you know what? I'll throw my hat in the ring. Could do that. Why not? Yeah. I want that title. And then when he gets beat, maybe maybe he shows that look of like disdain, like, damn, I really wanted that title. Make it look like people really, really, really want to hold this damn title. Right. That could Do be. it. Yeah, yeah. Do it, damn it. <laughs> or or they could have the history making cruiserweight Royal Rumble. Mm. Who would be the mother goose of the two oh five live? Who would be their Stephanie McMahon that pretends they invented the cruiserweight division? That's what I want to know. That's a good question. Maybe I mean maybe they bring in Bishop. You know what? Maybe Bischoff could be the GM. He's the one that or kind of swaggle McMahon. They got to have a McMahon do it. Yeah, possibly. He was the son of Vince McMahon at one point. Yeah, possibly. And cruiserweight champion. Yeah. God damn! I have connected the dots. <laughs> yeah, possibly. We'll see what happens. I guess, man. It was. I'm going to run with the story. I'm not going to check with sources. I'm just going to do it. There's. There's your Enzo story per week. There we go. Horse oh, so, you're, so it's done as far as you're concerned. Horse Woggle is the new GM of 205 Live. <laughs> okay, go. it's already done. He's also a former GM! Holy crap! It's all done. It's set. Write it down. You should do a Fightful story saying Hornswoggle to be announced as the GM of 205 Live next week. Hey, motherfucker! <laughs> awesome, man. We got... Oh, man. Are you excited for the Royal Rumble? I am. I am. I'm, I've been waiting for a few minutes for you to do your damn segue because we're on a short show this week. But since you're <laughs> not going to well, do it. My wife is actually going to watch the Royal Rumble with me this weekend. She watched Raw 25 with me this past week. So I'm excited to see how she sees it from a casual fan perspective. My wife also but, watched Raw 25 with me this week. Yeah. So and, I, and she will also watch the Royal Rumble with me. Let me do my segue. No, because you missed your time cue already, man. <laughs> you already missed it. That's why I had to jump in here. Ahead of our Royal Rumble alternate commentary for 2005, which myself and Nikita Krylov fan also did 1995 last weekend. Go check that out, FightfulPods.com. I spoke to Court Bauer to get his uh, look at things from a writer's perspective. He spent time there, and it worked directly with Vince McMahon and helped put together the Royal Rumble from that writer's aspect. Take a listen. So he and Triple H had like kind of like a double Iron Man type of situation. You mentioned that some of these things are game time decisions. Is something like that a game time decision, or can can they show up and be like, "Well, you're going an hour"? No, um, you're collaborating over the, the the few weeks going into it. You know, it can be fine tuned and stuff. Um, but about, I want to say right about now. Uh, Michael Hayes, Pat Patterson, Shane McMahon will uh, be in a hotel suite. They'll rent out in Stanford, and they'll have a lot of food, and there'll be some liquor. And they will kind of game plan the Royal Rumble, the entrances, the eliminations. And by the end of this week, the last week going into the holidays, they'll then pitch and present their their game plan to the creative team and Vince McMahon. This is circa 2006. So what it's like in 2017, can't tell you. Uh, and, and you'll go through it, and it, a lot of it's very impressive. A lot of it's interesting. There might be a few red flags, some fine-tuning. Vince might say, hey, hold on a second. 
it, and you go through the whole process and you kind of know, okay, they're looking to showcase a guy and tell this certain story where he's an Iron Man guy and he's going to go the distance. And then you say, well, you know, do we want him to break any records? Well, what records are there? And you fire, fire up Google and you figure out, okay, because there's no in-house system that has all the records except for Howard Finkel uh, that, that can just – you know he's like the in-house Google that can tell you everything about anyone. Uh, but uh, it's, and that's one of the weird things as a sidebar. There, I remember getting Stephanie. There was these great books. I don't know if – I think Scott Teal or someone had like the MSG record books, and they go back like 100 years or something. I remember as a gift I got, Stephanie said, this is something that you might want or might want the creative team to have. Uh, and, of course, I expensed it. But, <clears throat> but it was a cool resource to have, and it was surprising me that – WWE didn't have something in-house like that. Now, they do now have an archivist and, and that kind of thing, but it surprised me they didn't have it. It always uh, – like I always wonder when when situations happen and Kane's tossing a certain number of people out and or maybe Roman Reigns is throwing a certain people out. Like when Kane was doing it, like do they know – Hey, he's inching towards this record, or is that even a conversation? As you said, that that record wasn't like a thing, but they did have those like Royal Rumble by the numbers videos eventually. Yeah, I mean, some of it, and again, some of it, the TV department does a phenomenal job, and and they're looking for that information. They're trying to pull stories and, and to enhance the attraction. Um, very rarely you're, you'll have a directive from the creative team saying, "Hey, let's make sure we have this, this, and this." Uh, sometimes, if 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 everyone has, uh, if it's very well organized year and or week, uh, they can anticipate that and, and coordinate with the TV. And sometimes the TV ends just builds it regardless. Uh, they do a phenomenal job of creating content like that. Sometimes too much. You'll see a, a pay-per-view and you'll be like, oh my god, there's so many video packages in this. It's like, do I even... I mean, maybe it's a benefit for people that don't want to watch that content on a week-to-week basis, but if you watch it on your a diehard fan, it's like, I've seen all this. Can we just get to the action and get some interviews? All right, we're back. So, I have been told that is a WWE item, an official WWE item. There you go, man. I was going to say, because it, it looked like a pretty professional job. It was just all under the radar. Okay. okay. Not anymore. Sorry. I like it. I, I might actually get one of those myself because I like Enzo it. story per week. I, I'll save that one for two weeks from now. There we go. I got him backlog. Right, 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 right. Poor Bauer. We're going to have that full interview up on Fightful.com. It is great. Like we talk about a surprise Royal Rumble entrance and how Vince McMahon sort of go. Sometimes he'll say, like, damn it, it's about our stars, not not new ones. Like, he really goes in-depth with me about that. And, uh, of course, we have all of our Royal Rumble features countdown. We've got podcasts. I'm going to release, like, a pack uh, on Friday that has a list of all of our Royal Rumble content because I know people sometimes miss it. But I'm pumped for Royal Rumble. I am, too. We'll get to Rumble in a bit. I want to talk first about Raw 25, and I want to ask Nigel a question, Sean. Let's say, Nigel that there was going to be a nostalgia type of show okay, where they were going to have two venues going at the same time. Right. And you chose to go to the kind of older school, smaller, more intimate venue of the two, and you paid anywhere from $800 to potentially $1,000 for your ticket. Wow. And for three hours... 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You spent probably two and a half, maybe two hours and 15 minutes or so watching a television feed from the other venue because your venue only had like two matches and, and a couple of promos. How would you feel about that if you paid like between 800 and 1,000 bucks for your seat? Super ripped off. Super ripped like off. 400 most people. No, because I, well, I, I read some, some Reddit and people on StubHub, some, oh, of them okay. paid, some paid between 800 and 1,000 bucks for their ticket. Whoa. So, Fair. Raw 25, so I, I got to say this, so I, as a viewer watching at home on TV, I really enjoyed the show, and you and I talked about it, and I enjoyed it, and I know that there were people that shit on the show because that's, again, human nature. Nigel knows how much I love most people, so human, <laughs> human nature is to shit on everything, and a lot of people yeah. shit on Raw, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought that they mixed in some of the new and some of the old, and I especially loved how Elias got over, and I want to really give credit to John Cena for doing that, but... If I was at the Manhattan Center, so the Manhattan Center got an Undertaker promo that wasn't very good, uh, and we'll talk about him in a minute. They got the DX promo that was okay. Uh, they got a couple cruiserweight matches that were not televised. They got uh, Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt, and then they got the Revival versus um, the Good Brothers. And that's really it. And they, some people paid between 800 and and 1000 bucks, and they watched a good two hours from the Barclays Center feed. I'd be pretty pissed if I paid oh, yeah, that for my ticket. You know, I saw Randy Orton's wife tweet that she was angry he wasn't invited. If I was giving that kind of show at the Manhattan Center, I probably would have brought Randy Orton in and had him do a little something. Why not? At least in between right. the commercials. Right, right. Why were all these SmackDown people brought in and they can't even work? There were people that were at the Manhattan Center that didn't appear on screen. Like who? They got they got a couple. There were just – I would have to get the list. You uh. put me on the spot here. But, I mean, there were <laughs> – Jesus Christ. They got a rush. They got a rush Bray Wyatt match, a rushed yeah. Revival Balor Club match, yeah. and a bunch of turdy duties. Yep. It, uh, the Manhattan Center portion of it was, was obviously not good, but I, overall, I love the show. I thought Barclays was hot. Austin's pop. When's the last time Raw had a pop like that? It was Austin's incredible. There were, there were a few real good ones. On there that were, show. but Austin's Jericho's was, too. Jericho's was good. Trish's was good. Bronze was pretty good. But Austin's pop, I think, was the the, the highlight of the show. Uh, yeah. And man, were they hot for him? And uh, and so I really enjoy that as a wrestling fan. Again, I want to give kudos to John Cena because 
I've put over Elias a lot on this show. You know there are certain guys that I really put over. I really like Elias. I really like Kevin Owens. I really like Braun Strowman. These are the guys that I think have the, have the potential to be the future of the company if they're handled correctly, and that's the asterisk, if they're handled correctly. And Elias, I just see presence in that guy. Uh, the way that he carries himself, the way he talks to the crowd, I, just, I see a presence about him. And the last time he was in the ring with John Cena, he was pinned cleanly. This time, he left him laying. Uh, and this is on the Raw 25 show at Barclays with Jimmy Fallon sitting in the front row. He left John Cena laying, and I loved it, and, uh, and so all that was great. I also loved the fact that The Miz regained the Intercontinental title for Roman Reigns, even though, yeah, The Miz Taraj inter- uh, interfered and all that, and, you know, I guess it did make a lot of sense why the referee would allow all that to go on. He still regained the title and um, outsmarted Reigns. And he did outsmart him because the pin came off something he did, not the Mistrage, when he pulled the the turnbuckle off. But that belt fits him like a glove. Roman Reigns does not need that title. And uh, so I liked all that about the show, man. I thought it was really good. And uh, the viewership, they ended up doing 4.5 million viewers over the three hours, 4.8 the first hour, 4.64 the second, 4.15 the third. The three hours were the three most watched shows on cable, and the first hour actually beat Fox. The 8 p.m. Oh, they hour. Did, they did huge big numbers. numbers. Them. Yeah, big like, numbers. really, really, really big numbers. Yep. And looking at the YouTube numbers, Elias almost cracked a million yep. with John Cena. The Undertaker returned 2.1 million. Roman Reigns, The Miz, 1.1 million. Also, that, that's very good number. Stone Cold uh, and the McMahons, 3.4. Yeah. The one with Boogeyman, Pritchard, uh, Teddy Long, Coach, 1.4 million. Right. These are all like outstanding numbers. Yeah. To, for a lot of these people, so yeah, that's uh, good. Them and the WWE female legends, 1.4 million. But here's the one that's really good. Out of all that, who got the biggest rub? Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, and Kane, 4.1 million. Out of all that stuff on that show, that was the most watched clip that they had. And that's, to me, that's a win. Because you do this before Royal Rumble, you get people really excited for the Royal Rumble, as opposed to doing it next week on the follow-up. So So let's talk about Braun Strowman. I was going to mention this a bit, but I want to talk about it now. Do you remember last year, prior to WrestleMania, he ended up being in the Battle Royal, remember? And yes. prior to WrestleMania, you said Braun is, should be the man. They should put Braun in the title picture, put the title on Braun. At that time, I told you I didn't think he was ready uh, mm-hmm. because uh, there's a lot of pressure that comes with being champion. A lot of people might not even realize when you're the champion, you do a lot of press. You're on the road a yeah. lot, and, and there's a lot that comes with that. I didn't think he was ready. A year later, I think he is ready. Uh, yeah. Because I think that they're already using him a lot now to, to do Ed Southering appearances and stuff. And I think that he's got his feet wet with that kind of stuff. I think that uh, they should call an audible. I know that they're planning on Brock versus Roman for the title at, at WrestleMania. And they're planning to put the title on Roman. I think they need to call an audible. I think they need to listen to their fan base. The fan base has rejected Roman Reigns. Whether WWE wants to acknowledge it or not, they've rejected him. And I think that Braun needs to be given that opportunity because he's the one that the people want to see. Uh, I know that a lot of guys like Brandon Howard have done uh, analysis of box office numbers and live event numbers, and they've compared Roman Reigns to John Cena, and they've proven that he is not at the level of John Cena, and it's always begged the question, what if somebody else was put into that spot that Roman Reigns was put in? I would like to know, if Braun Strowman's the champion, if he's headlining the show, says the champion, how's he going to do in that spot compared to Roman Reigns? Uh, They're not going to know unless they try, and I think they should. That's my opinion. I'm with you. He he should be the guy. I still think that 
at WrestleMania, he should have eliminated every single person from that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and won. And I mean everybody, because you could have done that Gronk thing on the pre-show some other time. wasn't worth it, in my opinion. Right. He is the guy. I'm ready for him to be the guy. And to me, he is the perfect replacement for Brock Lesnar, only you have him on the road all the time. Yeah, and I also look at him as being this generation's Undertaker. I think I that, if they, that if they handle him correctly, because he's already in his early 30s, but if they handle him correctly, they can get a good 10-year run out of him on top. Uh, and do good business. Now, you look at a guy like Roman Reigns, I think that Roman Reigns is also going to have a 10-year run. He's already had a four-year run yeah. uh, on top. I think that he can have a 10-year run, but only because WWE lacks depth at the top. And so there's going to be a spot for Roman Reigns. But I just don't think Roman Reigns has proven, doesn't matter how much they want to shove him down everybody's throat, yeah. it doesn't matter how much they want to talk about, oh, well, his T-shirts are selling. That's because you, 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 you produce yeah, so much stuff. Well, he's right. five years in, and Braun is already two and a half years in. And here's the the big thing about Braun: he ain't bumping a lot. So when you're not bumping a whole lot, that right. that really extends things, and you right. can you can make that happen a little bit more. Right. Reigns, on the other hand, he probably is going to bump a lot, especially if they want him to be the babyface who's taking all this heat before. I mean, he has been. Comeback. He yeah. has been through this whole thing. So we'll see what happens. I mean, last I've heard, they're still planning Brock versus Roman at Mania. But it, like I said, I think they should call an audible and inject Braun into the, the situation. because As uh, do I. Yeah, he's ready to go. Now, I want to ask you this. Uh, I thought Stone Cold looked exceptional on Raw. Uh, I thought he looked to be in great shape. He almost looked like the old Stone Cold to a degree. I know he said he's retired. I know that he's had issues with his neck and he doesn't want to really take the chance. Um, do you think... There might be an opportunity, or do you think he might have any interest in doing anything, whether it be a Royal Rumble surprise entrance spot? Maybe he might consider one more match. He looked good on Raw, I thought. Like, what do you think about that? Nope, think he's done. Totally I done. I just think he's done. think yeah. he's done. I think that if he was going to do one... Um, he would have done it already. He would have done it already, and there were no shortage of guys that would, would have fit with, with Steve Austin, so I think that he would have if... I, I think he's Shawn Michaels' territory, only the... The thing is, you know, Shawn Michaels is much more recent, and Shawn Michaels had one of the greatest matches of all time in his last matches. So, and Shawn can still I, go. Yes, he. I'm sure he's still could. Not that could, Steve but, couldn't. I bet you Steve could yeah. too. But Shawn well, can what, still go. For what Steve does, I think that he could still go. He kicks, punches, and hits a Thez press and a stunner, and that's right. all you need. But right. I think he is. I think he's done, or else he would have done it by now. All right, and now let's talk about The Undertaker because his promo was a little confusing. The what, hell was that about? <laughs> I couldn't really understand it. Was that a retirement promo or a Royal Rumble declaration? I don't know what the hell it was. You're asking the wrong guy. I don't have any insight on that. I don't have any idea. And furthermore, I don't think WWE has any idea either. I actually was so confused on Monday night that I actually turned to my wife, the casual fan, and asked her, what did he just say? <laughs> Sometimes you do have to have that clarity. Yeah, I was like, so did he just retire or did he just say he's in the Rumble? And Jim Ross said, was that a warning? That's what Jim Ross said. Was that a warning? Yeah. So what the hell was that? So I I don't know, man. I mean, I know Bruce Garbage Pritchard. for the Manhattan Center fans. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And I, I know Bruce Pritchard. And you know something else my wife said? She said they didn't even do like the the light show for him or anything in the Manhattan Center. And at first I tried to cover and I told my wife, oh, that's because they don't do that stuff at the Manhattan Center. But then they did it for Bray Wyatt. <laughs> so well, it was uh, like, so what the hell was that? <laughs> I got I to gotta shout out Alex Pawlowski because on our post-Raw show, he noted, he's like, 
you'll you'll realize Undertaker came out without the stuff that he left in the ring at WrestleMania. Oh. I thought that was a great thing to notice. I never noticed because he left it in the ring. Right. Very very interesting. Also, uh, shout out to Brian Rose for keeping Fightful running while I chase down one soul story this week. There you go. Uh, so now it's time to talk about the Rumble. Uh, yes. Two two things about the Rumble that I want to ask you about. So I guess first we'll just list the matches. So we know it's a, a women's Royal Rumble, men's Royal Rumble. Brock versus Kane versus Braun for the Universal Title. AJ versus who he calls Cammy. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn oh. for the WWE. I know it's stupid. I know, but for the that's for the Dumb WWE title. Shit. Rollins and Jordan versus the Bar and the Usos versus Gable and Shelton Benjamin. First thing I want to ask you about the Rumble is who are your picks in the Rumble matches? God, uh, if Rousey's in it, her. If not, then. Probably Asuka, because I think Asuka versus Charlotte is a legit WrestleMania match. Uh, for the men's side, I think it's Roman Reigns. Really? Really? Yeah. So I'm picking Ronda Rousey and Shinsuke Nakamura. I, think... I would really like it if it were Shinsuke Nakamura, because I think that AJ Styles and Nakamura, also a legit WrestleMania match. So the reason I'm picking Shinsuke Nakamura is I think SmackDown needs the story more. Uh, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, I believe, is a raw branded pay-per-view. Right, that means that the Raw brand has the Elimination Chamber pay per view to set something up, and I think that SmackDown once AJ's done with Owens and Zayn, he has nothing. So I yeah. think I think that he needs the story, and I think Shinsuke Nakamura is going to win. Ronda Rousey, I believe she will be in the match. Uh, I've I listened to Joe Rogan stuff a little bit. He said she's completely done with MMA, uh, so I, I think she will be in the match, and I think she will win, and I think it'll be her and Charlotte, which is that's a marquee matchup for yeah. WrestleMania. So that'll be good. Here's my other question for you, man. Uh, there's a sports betting site called Paddy Power. I believe it's out of the UK. And as of this morning, we're doing this on January 24th, so they have Shinsuke Nakamura listed as the favorite as of this morning, uh, followed by Roman Reigns, and after Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan. Why do you think that is? Stupid people with money. That's all it is because idiots are betting on Daniel Bryan? Stupid people with money. I would love it if it were. I was saying somebody asking why would Asuka face Charlotte. I know they're on different brands, but that is a WrestleMania match to me, and no harm in moving uh, Asuka over. They need her, but yeah, but they uh, also they also haven't made it clear they haven't. So it'd be very easy for Asuka to just call out Charlotte because I, why not? I said I think that Charlotte and Alexa Bliss should be in it under the guise that they can challenge for each other's championships, especially when you don't have hard th- th- enough women. Like put them in there, make it. Like I said, make it seem like these things are important, even to people who have championships. Right. Okay, you have a championship. I want another championship. Right. They're important. And those girls aren't doing anything on the show. Nothing. Alexa has defended her title on TV since October. Oh, good for her. So, uh, but Daniel Bryan, I thought it was interesting that he's he's listed as one of the favorites on the sports betting site. So I wanted to mention yeah. that. Last but not least, before we get to uh, your favorite segment of the week, I want to talk about the 2019 Royal Rumble. It was reported today, January 24th, by the Arizona Republic that next year's Rumble is going to be at Chase Field, which is where the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks yeah. play baseball. And uh, WWE uh, said in a statement that they think they're going to draw over 40,000 people for the pay-per-view. So it looks to me like they're trying to make the Rumble their next stadium show, similar to how Mania is now. That's what it looks like, right? And they can yeah, do it, I think. They can do it. I, I like that, yeah, because I avoided going this year. I went last year. And I avoided going this year because it's in a smaller arena. Tickets through the roof when you do that. Uh, when you go to, 
like a stadium, you don't have to worry about tickets selling out. Like, are you sure I mean, it's because the, you don't hate Philadelphia or you do hate Philadelphia? I've sure never been to why? Philadelphia. I do hate San Antonio. San Antonio is a garbage city. <laughs> it is a walking trash fire of a city. And you're talking to a guy who lives in a city of 260 people. San Antonio sucks. What? I love Toronto. Toronto is probably my favorite city in the world, right up there with Nashville in the running. Yeah, but you've only seen like three cities. Ah, uh, hey, sir. I also <laughs> Indianapolis last year. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, sir. And as you said, Mississauga. You saw Mississauga when you were there. I, I didn't visit it, but I did see it. I oh, flew you didn't see over it. it. Oh, you flew over it. I flew over it. I did. But um, yeah, I like I like the idea. Chase Field is a nice place, so I, you know, I may try to go there. May try to take my wife because she wants to go to a Royal Rumble. And when when they do that, it's also warmer there. Yep. All right, let's get to stupid people. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. So TrevorStrong.org, thanks for the usage of the stupid song. I was telling Sean I have so much stuff this week in the in my the list of Jimmy Van, not just stupid people, but just stuff. And we've only got 15 minutes left. There's no chance I'm going to get to it all. So I might save some of it for next week. I had some listener yeah. questions in here, and I was going to answer some listener questions. Uh, next week, I will answer those. Okay. So uh, let's get to the first one here. And once again, I was able to find a Sean Ross app file. Yeah! Stupid people news story. So, and it's a good one. So let's start this off. And this first story... It's right up my alley after what I just talked about with the Me Too movement, Nigel. It's right okay. up there. So this was reported by the UK's Independent on January 18, and I know you're familiar with the story because uh, Luke told me, so you know. Okay. So a 22-year-old woman named L. Darby. Do you know that name? That sounds familiar. Okay, so a 22-year-old woman named L. Darby. She claims she runs a full-time business uh, from her home as a social media influencer. Okay. Uh, she contacted a hotel in Dublin, Ireland called the White Moose Cafe, and she offered to feature the hotel on her YouTube and Instagram accounts in exchange for free accommodation for a week at the hotel. Okay? Now, this girl has 87,000 YouTube subscribers, although last God. I... Yeah, not, like, not a ton, and last I checked, she was actually... We got one, six! Well, last I checked, she was up to 96,000 because the story broke, oh. so she actually got press out of it. Maybe, that's, maybe that helped this come out. But uh, she had 87,000 YouTube subscribers, 76,000 Instagram followers. So she's not exactly Kim Kardashian, this kid. She uh, claimed that she had, and this is a quote, collaborated with Universal Studios Orlando and, quote, it's been amazing for them, which I know is bullshit because why would they give a shit about somebody with 87,000 YouTube followers? But anyway, the owner of the hotel, he posted his response on the hotel's Facebook page asking her who will pay the staff to look after her. Who's going to pay the housekeepers to clean her room? Who's going to pay the waiter to serve her breakfast if the hotel's pay comes in the form of social media views? And the end of the post with, P.S., the answer is no. So this girl then went on a rant for 17 minutes on a video saying she's been exposed and she had the purest of intentions. And I wanted to mention this story because I find a lot of, you know, people in that generation now, that's kind of the mindset. And I want to look into this camera and I want to tell 20-somethings that listen to this or are watching this, get a fucking job, work hard, and good things will happen. Do and not- I, I want to tell 20-somethings who watch this, I know that a lot of you have jobs. Don't listen to Jimmy. He's an old <laughs> curmudgeon. 
I know that it's just something that old people say all the no, time. Not don't. all of you are idiots. No, and also, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. What I said is if you've got a few thousand YouTube subscribers and now you think you're a social media influencer and now you think yes. I'm going to call hotels and get there for – like shut the fuck up. Yes. You know what I mean? Get a job. And that's and that's that. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk Thanks about. Thanks for the advice, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> this next one was reported by the Huffington Post on January 23rd, and this one's pretty good. So I know that you heard about this a couple weeks ago. Hawaii's emergency management agency. Accident- oh yeah. Okay, he already knows, and I know you know. They accidentally sent a mobile alert declaring that a ballistic missile threat was inbound and to seek immediate shelter. Uh, it turned out that that happened because an EMA employee was testing the system and he accidentally sent a real alert by mistake. The funny side note to this that just came out is that the governor of Hawaii, and I uh, apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name, David Ige or David Ige, he came under fire because it took him some time to post on Twitter that there was no missile threat. Mm-hmm. And apparently two minutes after the false alarm went off, he was made aware of it, but it took him a little bit of time to post uh, on Twitter. And it turned out that the reason that it took him time is because he forgot his Twitter password. So <laughs> everybody needed to be fired. I heard this reassignment <laughs> shit in that uh, situation. Everybody's fired. You, can you you're imagine? All fired. I'm trying to. I'm, I wish I was a fly in the wall because can you imagine this guy? He's been told, hey, like this thing actually went out saying there's going to be a missile. And he's like on Twitter going, shit. Shit. <laughs> Kept on getting <laughs> the wrong password. password. <laughs> That must have been amazing. I wish I could have seen it. This last one, Sean, SRS File Man, reported by the Indy Express on January 21st. This is a good one. A large ice mass landed in a field. Do you already know the story? You're already laughing. Uh, no. Okay. A large ice mass landed in a field at, and I might mispronounce this, Gurgaon's Fazalpur Bodley Village in India, and it happened last Saturday. A crowd gathered around to check this thing out. Uh, the police were called. They're all checking it out, and they think it's a meteor. And they're taking some samples of it, and, they're, and they're, they, they, want, they want to keep it cool before it melts or whatever, and they're putting it in their freezers and stuff. As part of all this, they called a group called the IMD, which is the India Meteorological Department, and they also called the NDMA, which is the National Disaster Management Authority. Finally, a team of scientists showed up. They checked out the mass, and they informed the locals that's human shit from a passing airplane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why, couldn't, why couldn't it have been a wrestler? Then I could have written a story about it. That's all I have to say, because that's very close to what I said earlier. Like, I mean, if I you mean, want, I can say Big Show took a superplex, and on his way down, shit happened. I mean, maybe it has. A lot of wrestlers have shit their pants. There you go. Well, that's what happened. Can you and, – and just try to visualize all these people standing around looking at this pile <laughs> of shit. And they bring in the police and they bring in the scientists. And finally it took someone to actually go in and do a little test. And, oh, that's human shit. Have you ever seen Joe Dirt? <laughs> so long ago I don't recall. I got the poo on me. You've never seen that? It's been a long time. Where he, he thought that he had found like a meteorite but it was uh, – a big turd and then he had like a septic tank that was hooked to his back the whole time that he said was a bomb and the guy hits it with a hammer and a bunch of shit comes out of it I had no idea but that's what happened man that's what happened Joe Dirt's a cinematic classic around these parts Jimmy oh I'm sure I'm sure it is <laughs> you probably watch that at Christmas time every year I guess you could say that was duty 
So because <laughs> why'd you shoot that looking knife? <laughs> that's that's Jimmy just saying. I offered to let this guy put his phone bill in his next invoice. Yeah, I did. Second guessing it now. <laughs> so because we only have a little bit of time left, I want to talk about George Barrios because it's possible that 2018 on this podcast is going to be the year of George Barrios, just like uh, last year was the year of Ed Nordholm on the list. You see Brandon Howard's Barrios bingo? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. And so I want to talk about this guy. So this is the CFO of WWE. Uh, and he's lately, it seems he's really hitting like the, the, the conference circuit lately. He's doing a lot of speeches at a lot of conferences and this guy's come out with a, some, some real gems, this guy. Uh, it was a year or two ago that he said in a speech that WWE is no longer in the live events business, uh, which like I've told you, if I was a WWE talent, I'd be like, well, fuck you. I'm on the road 300 days a year. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, recently he claimed that WWE is the number two sport in India behind cricket meaning it's ahead of soccer, or it's ahead of field hockey, it's sort of everything that's, that's popular in India. And everybody knows that's just absurd. Uh, yes. This time, he, uh, he spoke at something called the 20th Annual Needham Growth Conference in New York. He was asked about WWE's relationship with talent. And I was going to mention Brandon. Brandon did a great piece on this for Fightful.com. Check it out. He goes in depth about George Barrios and about all this stuff. Here's a quote from George Barrios. He said, we're not specific about our talent agreements, but generally what we like to say is it's a mutually beneficial association. They're under agreements, but both parties could terminate them in pretty short order. So we're not, <laughs> trying, we're not trying to lock anyone up. It has to work for both parties. And that model has worked for a long time and led to a succession of iconic stars, starting with Bruno, ending with John, meaning John Cena. That is a load of bullshit. Yeah, tell, that, tell that to Neville and Daniel Bryan. Yes, that is a load of bullshit. And I couldn't believe that this guy with a straight face, with a straight face, said that, uh, yes, the talent is under agreement, but both parties can terminate in short order. We're not trying to lock anyone up. Bullshit. And I couldn't believe that he said that. Bullshit. All right? It is. Absolute nonsense. (laughs) Daniel Bryan is working as a GM because he wants to try to get his contract expired. All right? Neville told the company, I quit. He's sitting at home because they won't release him. Bullshit. They can can freeze his deal, too. They can freeze his deal if he doesn't go back to work. Bullshit. All right? George Barrios. What else can I add? It's bullshit. It is. Now, I know that. I know Vince McMahon and Triple H are never going to watch the show. Maybe we can take out this little clip and put it on Twitter or something. They're never going to watch the show. If you ever hear about this, do me a favor take George Barrios off the road. All right? Stop having him do these conferences because he's a monkey. All right, and he's embarrassing. <laughs> Take him off the road. He's a pencil pusher. Keep him in the office. Let him work on financial statements and let him work on balance sheets. And don't have him do these conferences again, saying all these little gems that he says whenever he does these things. He's a monkey, and that's bullshit. Yeah. Send him my rant, Sean. That's all I got. It's bullshit. What more can I add? It's, it's such Neville and, nonsense. Neville and Dana Bryan are. It's such just... nonsense. And there have been so many cases of it. It's such nonsense. You know? Ellsworth was released. Can't do shit till February. Yep. Well, I mean, he's getting paid. I don't care. I don't care. You know, now, I should mention that uh, Ellsworth, last Sunday, January 21st, he actually showed up at Santino's Destiny World Wrestling Show in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Uh, They do their version of the Royal Rumble. I think this was the second or third year that they've done this. And Ellsworth was a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. And uh, he thanked WWE on social media for allowing him to do it. 
And I was telling Sean, man, he's got good relations with WWE Santino. You know? Yeah. Even so, though he's appeared on Impact recently. Well, and that's just it. So so uh, Border City Wrestling, which is Demore's promotion, they're going to be teaming up with Santino's Destiny World promotion, and they're going to be doing an Impact Live event on March 4th at that same venue, which the he calls it the Don, yeah. Don Kozlov Arena, but that's not really what it's called. Kind of like how the ECW Arena is not really the ECW Arena. But yeah. uh, so he's going to be, they're going to be doing a show March 4th. And what I question about that is that venue holds, I think, around 300 or so people, three, 350, maybe 400 mm-hmm. tops. Yeah. And they've got guys on the lineup like Alberto Del Rio. How are they going to afford What is payroll? that, the Border City Wrestling thing or Santino's? Both. It's a, it's a combined show. It's going to oh, be. Oh, well, I know how because probably, well, this, okay. You think it's past paying assumption. it? I don't, paying want, it? I don't want people to run with this and say that, this is a reported thing, but I would imagine that Del Rio and Johnny Impact have like a certain amount of dates they have to fulfill, and that is included in the dates because Impact will probably use that on their show. Okay. Because they have before. Now, I do know, uh, because I looked up the show, and uh, I do know that they uh, they had $100 seats. They were like uh, special uh, VIP meet and greet seats for 100 bucks, yeah. and those are sold out. And I think they have somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 of those, maybe 80, maybe as many as 100 of those. So that's like 8 to 10 grand right there, Canadian, mind you. But that's yeah. 8 to 10 grand right there. So I was thinking of that, and if I, maybe it's possible. I mean, Alberta would probably normally make a few grand on a payoff, probably. Yeah, I would so, agree. You, you know what's free? Visiting Fightful.com this Saturday and Sunday for Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver Philadelphia coverage and discussion. Come and leave your predictions there. We're doing live post shows after both and here in a few minutes jimmy i will hopefully stream the nxt takeover media call yeah you better because you cut the show off for that so if you don't you're fired (laughs) (laughs) what's going on on that call is that is that uh to promote the show on saturday yeah triple h does them before every nxt takeover all right all right are you are you are you credentialed for that are you gonna call in yeah you are can you can you how can you ask him, why is George Barrios doing conferences when he says stupid things like uh, talent isn't locked up and we're not a live events business and uh, WWE is the number two sport in India behind cricket? Can you go ahead and ask him that question? I'm not going to ask him about cricket. Sorry. <laughs> no, ask him exactly what I just said verbatim. Why do you send this monkey to do conferences when he doesn't know anything <laughs> and he says stuff like we're not a live events business, talent's not locked up, and WWE is the number two sport in India behind cricket? You guys can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> YouTube, Player FN, Google Play. I think we're on Spotify now. Uh, leave us a thumbs up. Uh, turn that little bell notification on on YouTube. That helps a lot. Spread the word about Fightful. Tweet, a, tweet out our little links, things like that. Jimmy, anything else you got? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just cut me off. So what else do I possibly have? I'm looking forward to the Rumble. Congratulations, Shinsuke Nakamura, because I'm just going to go ahead and call it. Congratulations, Shinsuke Nakamura. And uh, that's all I got, man. Guys, follow him at JimmyVan74. Follow me at Sean Rossap. Follow us at Fightful Online and visit Fightful.com. Until next time, we are out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.